You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of Crunch Time right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here coming to you on this March 15th, 2023. You know what they say. Beware the Ides of March. In case you didn't know that about me, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Shakespeare buff. Broadcasting live from the Evco Development Studios here in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development is a civil construction company specializing in new multifamily construction. More free agency drama. Ezekiel Elliott is available. Should the Saints go sign him? Who knows? Maybe. It's interesting. Aaron Rodgers says a decision has been made, but he's not ready to say it yet. Why? And time to pick a NCAA tournament champion. Here on Crunch Time, we're going to make our own bracket later on in the show. My producer and co-host is the one and only Mr. James Mesh. James, happy hump day. I hope your Ides of March goes a hell of a lot better than Julius Caesar's did. Jesus. Actually, (laughs) now that you mentioned it, why don't you recite some Shakespeare? Since you're such a buff. On the spot might be a little tough. (laughs) On the spot might be a little tough. Mm Mm-hmm. To be or not to be, that is the question. Oh, Romeo, oh, Romeo. Where are thou, Romeo? Romeo. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, before we get into (laughs) college basketball or the NFL free agency, Mm -hmm. can we talk about how much of a load of absolute crap Mm. are the New Orleans Pelicans? I was hoping we wouldn't have to talk about it. Yeah, I, I know you were, but we're we're gonna have to. Yeah, I mean, do 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 you? It's, it's a pretty big load. Do you understand that when they walked into the locker room at halftime, it was the largest halftime deficit in Pelicans franchise history. Seventy-five to forty was the score at halftime. The fact that you only lost by 15, I'm almost willing to count it as a win. You shouldn't, though. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously not. <laughs> you you obviously... But <laughs> you the, should nowhere close be like, wow, well, they only... Well, it's also because um, the Lakers at that point didn't care because they had such a lead. The fact that you got crapped on and then Anthony Davis took your face and rubbed it in that crap some more at halftime. And yet you only lost by 15? You somewhat made it a game? No. <laughs> I mean, here's here's the thing. Here's how do you only shoot 42% as a team? When the Pelicans have the weapons that they do. How? It makes no sense to me. Weren't they shooting LSU numbers at halftime? Yes, like 21% or something like that. It was wild. Yeah, and they were... 
five for 31 from three at one point. CJ McCollum. I love him. I love him. I love him. There comes a point where you got to stop shooting. You got to stop. You can't go one for 10 from downtown. What, what are we doing? Herb Jones, why are you shooting eight threes? Hey, he was the leading scorer for the Pelicans at halftime. Najee Marshall, why are you shooting six threes in 16 minutes of play? This is this is a team that's not good at shooting threes, and yet they shot a bunch of threes. You shot 43 three-pointers. The inconsistency... The peaks and valleys of C.J. McCollum's play since the All-Star break, is ki- it's killing me. It's killing me. You traded for C.J. to come be the consistent three-point shooter for this team. And please, if somebody disagrees with me, 706-0111, the guy hasn't been that. There's not been any consistency in his three-point game. Now, you can say that in the last 10, oh, he's shooting 35% from the field. Okay, cool. He's shooting 38% for the season. That's not bad. But you'll have a game where he goes 7 of 12. Woohoo! CJ looked great! He'll have one of those nights where he scored 16 straight. And then he goes 1 for 10. Or 0 for 8. Who won that trade, though? I still say the Pelicans. I still say the Pelicans. Time will tell, but... Time's, it's it's too early to tell. I know Lakers fans say, oh, we got a chip. It doesn't matter what happens now. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. is a fair point. You gave up your future so you could win now. Correct. And what they do? But the Pelicans still have two more first and a second mm-hmm. coming their way. Mm-hmm. Let's see what comes out of that. Brandon Ingram's still, what, 24? He's got he's got plenty of career left. Because here's the thing: you still have a lot of potential with this team, but they Herb Jones. they any time they make any sort of progress, they go take two steps back. I agree. I agree. Like that's the issue. You got a bunch of potential, but you haven't been able to capitalize it. So as of today, this is what the Pelicans got from that Anthony Davis trade: Brandon Ingram, mm-hmm. C.J. McCollum, Jackson Hayes, Herb Jones. Dyson Daniels, Garrett Temple, a pick swap with the Lakers in this upcoming draft, the Lakers' 2024 first-round pick, and then the Bulls' 2024 second-round pick. It's it's too early to tell who won the trade. I, I get it. The Lakers won a championship, and that's great. That's, that's perfect. Whatever. Because, look, B.I., he's grown into a really good player. Injured a lot. C.J. McCollum, like him. But like you mentioned, the peaks and the valleys. Super it's, streaky. It's very streaky. Jackson Hayes, are you sure he was really worth that eighth overall pick? Yeah. Herb Jones, been pretty solid. I like Herb. Like I like the pick. Why, Dyson, Dyson why Daniels. Dyson Daniels play? Dyson Daniels, still a rookie trying to figure that out. Can you can you explain that to me? Why he barely sees the floor? It doesn't make sense to me. Anytime he is on the floor. No, he's not a great scorer. He's only averaging four points a game so far this season. 
but he's a great rebounder, he's a great defender, and he facilitates the ball well. He's a six foot seven guard. I I don't understand why he is only getting on average 19 minutes a night. I just, I, I want somebody to explain it to me. John, can can you explain it to me? Best way I can put it is like this. I mean, if anybody needs to be let go, it's the trainers. New Orleans is this year most injured team in basketball. I'm sure they were top 10 or top 5 last year. They can't keep the same five, so how can you have any kind of cohesive um, play together if you're not even on the court together? Yep. I mean, Brandon Ingram's out for 40 games or 30 games, whatever. Zion, I don't know even know if he's going to come back for the rest of the year. That's your two main cogs. As good as your bench is, that's still your bench. You can't rely on your bench to win games when your main guys that you drafted and you pay all this money for is sitting in street clothes. Yep. No, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. And that's the only thing I – they got to have a better training. I don't know if it's a training staff or what, but something's going on. I mean, you can't have a team this banged up all the time and expect them – they were just playing above their heads when they were doing good and they were – in the top half of the Western Conference in the rankings. But they were playing above their heads. They had Brandon Ingram out and Zion Williamson was carrying the team. Just can't expect that. Yep. No, you're 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 hey, absolutely me. you're absolutely right, John, and uh, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with, with the training staff question. I, I don't. But here's my issue. The Saints and the Pelicans have a partnership with Oshner. That's probably never going to end. And I know that just because they're coming from the same place doesn't mean that things are going to end up the same. But I'm hard-pressed to believe that the Saints and the Pelicans wouldn't run into a similar result by hiring new medical staffs. Because I, I, I can't speak for the Pelicans, but look at the Saints. Sean Payton fired the entire medical staff, what, five years ago? Six years ago, something like that? And now you're still running into similar issues? I don't know. Maybe third time's the charm. But I, I agree with John. It, it feels like this team can never find a way to have their starting five on the court at the same time for more than like three games. Somebody always gets hurt. Whether it's Herb or B.I. or Zion, somebody is always hurt. And now it's gotten to the point where the Pelicans have been so bad as of late, I think David Griffin's about to shut down Zion for the year. What's the point of bringing him back now? You might not make the play in. Hell, I don't know if I want you to make the play in the way you've been playing lately. And it's it's incredibly frustrating because when you look at the Pelicans, all offseason, it was, oh, Zion's healthy. You got B.I. You drafted Dyson Daniels. C.J. McCollum, look out for the Pelicans. They're going to be dangerous. 
And for the first 15, 20 games, they were. They were top of the Western Conference at one point. But then 30 games in when Zion got hurt, everything blew up. I I don't know the answer to fixing this team. I don't know that there is one. But what I do know is that if this organization cannot figure out how to keep their guys healthy and on the floor, they're going to run into this similar situation for years to come. It's not just going to be Zion and Brandon Ingram. It's going to be the next superstar that you get when you won the lottery for the fifth time as a franchise or whatever it may be. Whoever you end up having on your, you're going to run into the same issues. It is not just a Zion Williamson problem. It's not. Because Anthony, when Anthony Davis was here, he had injury issues. When DeMarcus Cousins was here, he had injury issues. Drew Holiday dealt with injury issues. Now, I understand injuries are a part of basketball. I'm not, I'm not saying that, oh, the Pelicans are the only team that has injuries. I'm not saying that. It just feels like the Pelicans have more injuries than just about anybody else. we got a great show lined up for you today. Shelby Mass will join us at the top of hour number two for a little bracketology segment talking the NCAA tournament. Josh Pacheco, the program director for ESPN Honolulu, will join us at 5.30 to preview the Rainbow Wahin as they travel to Baton Rouge to take on LSU on Friday in the first round of the women's NCAA tournament right here on Crunch Time. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's crawfish time in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is giving you the chance to win everything you need to do the ultimate crawfish boil with the game's ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, and Iron Horse Sales and Service. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score a $500 Visa gift card, a boiling pot, a burner, paddle, ice chest, tumblers and chairs, and two giant sacks of live crawfish. Plus, we'll even throw in a pair of Astros tickets. Enter now for the Ultimate Crawfish Boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, Iron Horse Sales and Service, and the game. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 420, welcome back. Crunch Time here on The Game. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. James, I'll pose an interesting question during the timeout. Who would you rather build a team around? Zion or AD? Me personally, I'm taking Zion. Like we're taking it right now? I mean, I would assume, or I guess in their primes. I mean, well, we haven't seen Zion in his prime. That's tough. Um, I, I think a healthy Zion just offers you so much more than AD ever did. Uh, 
I'm gonna go with Anthony on this one. I know, I know, we make fun of him, but it's like they both, they both all the time are injured. This guy but, wants street clothes. But Davis. I mean, we got street clothes, Williamson. That's fair. So I mean, glass bones, Williamson. Right. I mean, <laughs> that guy, that guy. Yeah, I mean the new, the new hefty lefty. I mean, that, that's a that, that's a hard. That's a hard conversation to have right now. It's just it, it it's too early to tell. Because I mean, yeah, Anthony Davis gets injured just as often and we call him Street Clothes Davis for a reason. But I mean, hey, he's done enough to win a championship. And, he, and even when LeBron's out, he's still putting up these type of numbers. Cause here's my thing. Say say Zion gets healthy. Say these injuries. Because we, we've talked about this on the show before. The injuries he suffered in the first two years, or, or even three years, was because of him being overweight. This year, he wasn't overweight. This year was a hamstring issue. That's a basketball injury. So if this guy can get healthy and stay healthy and has have this long-term career that we all expected him to when he gets drafted, are you even going to remember the fact that he spent the first three, three and a half years sidelined? No, probably not. So I think it's too early to have that conversation on who you would rather build a, a team around. Just because I think there's still time for Zion to get healthy and be the guy that you expected him to be. Let's go to the game hotline now. T, what's up? Hey, what's up, Mr. Miguez? Doing all right? Absolutely, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, my opinion on that is, well, first of all, I used to call Ben Love and Mr. CD all the time and complain about that same situation with LSU, the Saints. Everybody's always hurt. Let, something's got to change, you know. But then I started thinking the last year or two, I think it's just this new generation with the entitlement they think they deserve, especially in the pros. Why should I play? I'm getting paid anyway, billions of dollars. That that's my thought on that. Yeah, there's no more competitiveness no more, and a lot of a lot of kids, you know, and desire to play. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. Um, that that's part of the reason why I still lean more towards college sports than pro. Um, exactly. Just because. So in, in even in college nowadays with NIL, there's less desire to play, but the desire's still there. In the NBA right. and even in the NFL, it's so hard to tell if guys actually play because they love playing or if they're just collecting their thirty million dollar a year paycheck. Thank you for agreeing with me on that. Okay, I got a uh, question for you and James. Okay. I need some help right here. All right. My little grandson is two months old, right? When uh, when is about the right time to uh, teach him uh, the chair neck? <laughs> um, the the clean version or the full version? No, the full version. Oh, heck, on the clean one. Twelve. I'm Twelve. I'd say, I'd say twelve. Through and through. Twelve. Because boys kind of get in kind of like figure stuff out at about 11 12 13 so that that say, feels like an appropriate time i would i would say 12 and just make sure he doesn't say it around the wrong people so i can't tell his mom or nothing like that 
my, yeah, my you're gonna have to do it. Right? You're gonna have to do it. In, <laughs> you have to do it in secret. All right, guys. Hey, <laughs> enjoy your show, man. Thank T, appreciate you. Two months old wants to teach him neck. Ooh, that's rough. That's rough. But no. So again, and and you know, we just got a comment on Facebook on Twitter from Ralph. What does a healthy Zion even look like? Is it kind of like a Yeti? I mean, yeah, kinda. Uh, you, you just you haven't seen it yet. It's like it's like Bigfoot. You know he's there, but you've never seen him. Let's go back to the game hotline. Jay, what's up? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Zion said, you know what? I make a million dollars. I'm just going to tell them my hamstring hurts because I make a million. I don't care. That, that's it. That's what it is. I call him, he's a genius. He, he, he has all the answers, man. He's right. But, um, no, but I just walked in on the tail end of the conversation about who to build a team around, eight, Anthony Davis or Zion. Mm-hmm. Like, as in when they first drafted him. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. That, I mean, I, w- I would assume. I would kind of go off based off of right now, since we're living in the present. Oh, Anthony Davis. That's kind of, I don't know. It's just not fair to Anthony Davis because he's, because of his age in a sense. And Zion, you know, that's potential. But it's not, you know, the man is basically, he missed one full season. You know, they both kind of have nagging injuries. They both miss time, but Zion's just not on the court in his first. At least for Anthony Davis, you knew, you know, he was on the court more than uh, Zion been on the court in his first three, four seasons of the league. Uh, so, I, I guess, man, I guess Anthony Davis, just the idea that, you know, he's available, you know, he's available now. But I guess I'm building a team around Davis. That's fair. Uh, the Lakers are they playing well, you know, without LeBron, especially since they made the trade, you know, getting Westbrook out of there. Yeah, no, the, I mean that that's a that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But 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 like I say, man, I, this is <clears throat> the day that I watch sports, and I say these guys make too much money is the day that you know what I got to turn it off, get some fresh air. Like, why would I put myself through that pain, watch something? But I'm always complaining about how much money they make, or they don't care. Like, come on, man. Like, I, that, that means my life must be terrible. If I got to uh, bank my happiness off of something like that. You have a good one, and uh, thank you. Jay, appreciate you, man. Now, one, one thing that's interesting, and we're going to get away from the Pelicans talk here in, here in a second, just because there's plenty of other things to get to. Looking at Zion's totals. So his rookie year, he missed a lot of time. He only played in 24 games in his rookie year. He's only played in 29 games this year. But he played most of the year last year in, in 2020-2021. He appeared in 61 games. So you missed, what, 21 games of the regular season? He played 80% of the season. It's not that bad, honestly. Um, and, and in that time, he averaged 27 points a game. In the time, Zion's played 114 games in his career. And he's averaging 26 points a game in those 114 games. So you've seen what Zion can do. You just got to find a way to keep him on the floor. One more caller before we take a timeout. Randy, what's up? Hey, uh, guys, I, I feel kind of like foot today. I am so mad at New Orleans sports, both the, the Saints and the Pelicans. That, you know, 
with the Saints, everything seemed to finally be going in a decent, good direction. Then they go and re-sign Heinous Jameis. What are they thinking? He needs to be in Carolina or Atlanta throwing picks. We could whoop he's, him twice. He's a great backup. Then you backup. get down to the Pelicans. <laughs> now the Pelicans, all the stuff RP3 was talking about this morning are, are really not relevant. It, it's simple math. If you look at their box score every night, now last night they shot something like 46 threes. They're shooting at less than 26%. It's a brick show. They got the crap beat out of them. If you look at their box score and they shoot less than 33s, they score. They have a high-scoring game and they win. They shoot more than 33s, they have a low-scoring game and they lose. So why are they out there shooting 46 of them? That is poor coaching right there. And if it's the guards pushing the coach to do it, they need to be gone. I, I I don't I don't I disagree with that. I don't think. It's well, boring. I mean, when you go f- down fourteen to zero in the first f- three minutes of the game, you kind of feel like, oh, we got to try and catch up quick. It's not so you. It's it's not like the game plan was. Oh yeah, we're we're looking to shoot forty three tonight. No, you were down so early, so quickly, that you started shooting threes, and you were like, got to try and make it up somehow. If you can't make the shot, don't shoot it. They were at like 25% last night, which is maybe even a little lower than their average, which is bad because it's less than 30%. But I'm telling you, you can go back and look at those box scores. There may be one or two exceptions. Less than 30 for three, they score a lot, and they tend to win. More than 30, they get their butts kicked. They'll score like 98 points or 105. It, it, it's, I've been doing this all ever since Zion went down. I've been wondering – you know, what did Zion really make happen? He, Yeah, he was dynamic. He was shooting 60% from the paint because he never shot from the three-point line, you know? And he, he was dominating. And when everybody tried to stop him, he left somebody like Valanciunas open in the paint for easy buckets. And they were beating – they were, like, first in the West Division twice. And uh, they should have been able to, with him not in there, still beat everybody that's at 500 or below. But if they go out there and shoot 37 threes, they're going to lose. They, they can't make them. They're just no good at it. We, we, we can agree to disagree on that, Randy. But look, man, I appreciate the call. All right. Thank you, guys. I mean, look, are, are the Pelicans a great three-point shooting team? No. But to poor coaching, that, that's not it. Because here's the thing. First of all, it's the NBA. These guys are going to make their own decisions. More times than not, like uh, it's the same thing. If you go down early, if you're down two or three scores in football, really early on and throughout the game, are you, and you're a running team, are you still going to run the ball? Are you still going to run the ball? No, no. You're going to try and catch up. And how do you catch up in the NBA? Threes. Uh, threes. It's and not. A, it's. It's not a great recipe for success. But you got to try some. You can't just be like, oh, Jonas, go put up a hook shot. You can't you can't go to the paint every single time. It's a good bread and butter, but you still got to make threes and still try and make them somehow. The Pelicans need Zion Williamson back. It's plain and simple. The Pelicans will never be successful with Zion on the bench. Because when he's on the court, teams are forced to collapse the paint to cover him, which opens lanes for outside shooters and Drives by CJ, and with Jameis Winston, we're not. No, it opens up an entire new dimension of the Pelicans' offense with Zion Williamson on the floor. So until they figure that out, 
they're going to struggle. Plain and simple. And the the Jameis Winston thing, look. Look, we get it. You don't like him. He's a great backup. Great backup. And I still you, think and you he can got be, him. I still think he can be a starter in the league. You got him on a very team-friendly deal. But the fact that he came back to New Orleans to be the backup, dude, if Derek Carr gets injured, I am not worried that the Saints are going to go to crap because Jameis Winston is being is then starting at that point because Derek Carr gets injured. I'm not worried about that. We'll take a timeout, finish up the conversation about Will Wade's introductory press conference from earlier this week, plus hear from Rick Barnes and Bob Marlin ahead of tomorrow's matchup between Tennessee and Louisiana right here on The Game. This is Crunch Time on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This March, take your first shot at College Hoops with FanDuel Sportsbook. You can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks on the bracket and you'll land 200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 that you can use on betting from everything from the money line to point spreads to even that 5-12 to matchup that you've been eyeing. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There's no better place to bet the tournament than FanDuel Sportsbook. So sign up today by going to FanDuel.com slash KLWB and make every moment more with FanDuel all tournament long. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus best that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook at fandle.com slash sportsbook. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. This is Crunch Time. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Quickly, before we get to the audio portion of today's show, Louisiana hosting their pro day for football today. Just a couple of numbers that that jump off the page at me, James. Chris Smith, how about a 36-inch vertical? Three foot for a running back. That's impressive. Pretty nice. That's impressive. Michael Jeff- John Stevens Jr. with the 36-inch jump as well. Uh, and then looking at some of the 40 times, Eric Gare, about 4-5. Four, 4-4, four, 4-5. Five. Four, 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 five. Um, all right. Chris Smith running a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, a 4 five, one official time for Eric Gare. And then, yeah, Chris Smith ran a 4-4-40. Four, four, some pretty impressive numbers there for uh, – for Chris Smith, could could he maybe slide up some draft boards into the seventh round? Potentially, undrafted free agent, definitely. Uh, I think he's going to make an NFL locker room very happy. I could see him being making an impact somewhere. Yeah, he he's going to make an NFL organization very happy very soon. Uh, but Will Wade, you know, we'll wrap this up. Monday he was introduced. Announced yesterday that he's going to be suspended for the first five games of the 2023 season. He talked about if there was any pressure for him to win immediately at McNeese. Pressure. It's a great opportunity. I mean, pressure is a privilege. You know, if you ain't got any pressure on you, it's not worth doing. I mean, look. That's part of the reason I took the job. 
is, I mean, look, if we come in in the top two in this league, which I expect to compete at the top of this league, if you can get in the top to the league, you know, you may win it one year, you may have some ball bounce the wrong way a couple years, but if you be in the top two in the league, you have a double bye to the semifinals, you got to win two games on your home court to go to the NCAA tournament. Name me a place that's not in a Power Six conference that has that good of a setup. Is there one? Because I talked to some other schools and I couldn't find one. You got to win three games on a neutral court. You got to win, I mean, it's, it's as good as it gets. So, I mean, if you're talking about access to the NCAA tournament and you're not in a multi-bid league, there were five bids given out yesterday to teams that weren't in a, weren't in a power conference, right? There's five, there's five that are hoping to get in at large, or there's a, there's, if, if, if you look at it another way, there's 32 that are looking, or 31 that are looking to get a, a, an automatic bid, right? All right, of those automatic bids, you take out those top six leagues, you got 25 fighting for an automatic bid. I like my odds a lot more on those 25 than I do on that five. And I like it a lot more when you host your own tournament. And I like it a lot more when we're going to engage this fan base, engage this community, and we're going to have this place. We're going to have people hanging from the rafters when we're playing in the semifinals and we're playing for the championship. Coach Wade also talked about the early support from fans. We talked about it yesterday. McNeese finished eighth in the Southland yet they led the league in attendance. So what's he looking forward to from the McNeese faithful? I'm excited. I mean, you know, that's exciting um, that, that we have some early buy-in. I mean, like I said, we, you know, I'm going to be out in the community. I'll go talk to groups. I mean, we're going to be out there, out and about, pounding the pavement, uh, selling tickets, selling the Platinum Club, getting these courtside seats. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to be, we're, we're be pounding the pavement to, to, to make this happen because we want to bring everybody with us. We want to bring everybody with us. We want to be a source of pride for this area, for this five parish area, for, 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 for Lake Charles. Like we want to be an unbelievable source of pride for, for, for our area. And, you know, it's, it shows that we've got a little bit of a head start. I think that's what it shows. Now, we can't relax because, all right, we got a, we got, we got a few more folks involved maybe than, than we have had in the past. But, I mean, we, we've got to go full steam ahead and take that momentum and, 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 and move forward. It's great having the people at the, at, at the airport. Uh, I look forward to engaging the students as the semester winds down, uh, as the semester winds down here and getting to, know, getting, getting to know some of the students. But I certainly think we have a head start on that. But, you know, we're nowhere near, you know, where we, where we need to be. Uh, we have a lot of w- room for growth to get 4,500 people in this place. We're going to do it. We're going to sit in here after a game. Next year, and y'all are gonna go. Golly, that was fun. That was fun, and we're we're gonna do it. And uh, but it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot of hard work on, on 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 everybody's part. Transitioning now to the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, they held their pregame press conference today before taking on Tennessee tomorrow evening at eight forty in Orlando. Uh, for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, Bob Marlin. Greg Williams Jr., Jordan Brown, and Terrence Lewis II met with the media. And Coach Marlin was asked about Jordan Brown and his ability on the offensive end. We recruited him hard out of high school. And uh, he visited us, UCLA, St. John's, some big schools on on his initial visits and then settled on Nevada uh, and then went to Arizona. When, when Muss left and then he turned around and, and called us. And actually the, the last three schools this time were us, Texas and Tennessee. Uh, so they, they had a connection to him as well. 
but it's meant a lot to have him in our program. I, I think he's as good as any inside player in this tournament. He had a great year this year, and I know he'll be the, the focal point. He gets double and triple teamed every night, but he can really score the ball. He's got great footwork. He's got a great left hand, uh, right hand. He's got the total package on the offensive end. Speaking of Jordan Brown, he and Terrence Lewis have both played in the NCAA tournament before, and they both spoke about their experience and how they've been able to help their teammates. Uh, so for me, it was my freshman year of college. Uh, I was over at University of Nevada, Reno, and we got to the tournament, And but unfortunately we got knocked out the first round against uh, Florida. But still a fun experience. We got to do the whole shoot-around uh, with, the, with the fans and stuff that we're about to do, and it was a great time. Uh, well, <clears throat> me. a couple years ago, I was at North Texas, and uh, we ended up uh, beating Purdue. Uh, they was going crazy. It was like a real big upset, upset, but we lost to Villanova. But I just think the experience was like amazing. Uh, you know, just being around with the team and the coaches, like we're all just like locked in in like one family. And I think it's really the same thing as like as far as like we've gotten here. Like we're together. Uh, we just gotta just take each day one by one, and hopefully just uh, win the game tomorrow. Flipping it to the Tennessee side of things, their big man, Olivier Kamwa, talked about Jordan Brown's game and how he's going to be able to slow him down. I feel like a big part of his game is the pieces they have put around him. You know, they do a really good job of giving him the ball on his spots. So I think it'll, it'll be a full team challenge for us. Our guards will have to help the bigs, and the bigs will just know have to be aware of where he wants to catch the ball and push his catches out, you know, know he's trying to get to that left hand and, and try to make him work that offhand a little more. And, you know, just being physical and keeping him out of his comfort zone. But he's a, he's a good player and, and he knows what he wants to get done. Santiago Vascavi comes into this game as Tennessee's leading three-point shooter. And he talked about how even in Zakai Ziegler's absence, suffered a torn ACL in the second-to-last regular season game. Everybody has stepped up in big ways to contribute to this team. Definitely learning to play more on the ball now. Uh, we're definitely missing a big part of our offense uh, with Sakai now being out there. But I think all the other guys are doing a great job uh, stepping up. Either the old guys and the new guys are doing a great job, all of them sticking together. And at this point, if we want to win, we know we're going to have to play together, uh, even more now that we don't have Sakai. So uh, everybody's going to have to put a little more effort uh, on offense and defense uh, every single time that we're out there. And we definitely miss them, uh, but we still got enough uh, players to go out there and do our thing. He also talked, head coach Rick Barnes talked about his relationship with Bob Marlin, having worked with him a little bit when Barnes was at Texas and Marlin was at Sam Houston. Yeah, I met Bob, oh man, I don't even know how many years ago, many, many years ago when I went to Texas and he was at Sam Houston. We were always, it seemed to be in the same place at the same time, obviously recruiting and have just the utmost respect for Bob and the job that he's done everywhere he's been. He's a, a terrific basketball mind, his teams, uh, everywhere he's been, he's played at a high level, been in this tournament many, many times and just does a, a great job of putting his guys in position where they can be successful. Uh, you look at this team, and um, he really spaces the floor well to give them a chance to not only put the ball inside, but play off their post player. And then they certainly shoot the ball well. But uh, as a human being, too, as I've gotten to know Bob, he's, he's just a wonderful person. And um, it's been a blessing for me to get to know him. 
We'll take a timeout, wrap up hour number one right after this. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, is your home for the McNeese Coaches Show, presented by Mr. Bill's Seafood Express, the Southwest Beverage Company, Line of Bed out of Westlake, and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Tune in tonight at 6 as host Jim Gazzola will be talking with new men's basketball coach Will Wade. And you can hear it all right here on The Game, your home for the McNeese Coaches Show. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Crunch Time as we're broadcasting live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Looking at the foodie poll question of the day as it is Wednesday, what is your favorite non-salad green vegetable? Is it spinach, collard greens, green beans, or are you just not into the green stuff? What about you, Matt? Green beans out of those. Yeah. Uh, spinach, mm-hmm. I only eat it on a, like a sandwich mm-hmm. or in my salad. Um, And then in spinach and artichoke dip, of course. <laughs> right. Um, and then collard greens. I like, I like my spinach and artichoke dip without the spinach. Collard greens? Nope. Can't do it. I like collard greens. Nope. For me, I'd probably end up going spinach because I put it on my pizza. I put it in my salads. I could put it in my Subway sandwich. I can put it as kind of like a mix of different things. Like if I got a bunch of stuff like all oh, some leftover lunch meat, spinach, onions, cheese, you know, like putting it all together in a frying pan and just cooking it all together. This man, like it this works. man loves the spinach. Spinach goes crazy. I got to have them Popeye forearms. Oh, there it is. <laughs> got to have the Popeye forearms. There it is. Yeah, I mean, out of those, probably green beans. You'd go, um, and and I don't blame you because I mean I could do green beans out of a can very easily, and then do green bean casserole. Green bean casserole, smother some bacon mm-hmm. in the green beans, and oh man, there, there's just so much you can do with green beans. Um, there's a lot more the Saints are doing now on the interior of the defensive line. Yeah, we were worried about Prince and Millie being the only one. Well, they not, signed two more for you, bud. Not anymore, Kalen or 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 sorry, we we've been corrected, uh, Colin. Saunders is is the correct pronunciation, apparently. Um, he is signed to, we a, to, argue? <laughs> to a three-year deal with the New Orleans Saints, as well as Nathan Shepard. Nathan Shepard signed a three-year deal worth $15 million with the New Orleans Saints. So they must be high on this Nathan Shepard. He's got good numbers. He had he had good he had good numbers in spots while he was with the Jets, uh, and I think he provides a ton of depth of the defensive line. Considering you only had one guy, and I, I think now now that you've signed two more, who knows you may sign another. Defensive tackle doesn't become as much of a priority for the draft. Now I'd, I'd still look to go get him. It, get, Go get an interior defensive lineman with one of your first two picks. Maybe. I, because that's 
you still need to have somebody at an anchor there because question who right now other than cam jordan are you looking at because cam he's only gonna play so much longer you want to try and have a key piece at every level you got demario right now p warner could be that guy after demario leaves you got you still got marshawn who's relatively young but cam who's cam's replacement peyton turner oh god Peyton Turner. He's played like five minutes. I mean, I understand, but like you know, you know what I mean. I mean? That's the that's you the d- plan. You still are trying to figure out who you thought maybe it could be Marcus Davenport, but guess what? Now he's on the Vikings. You still don't know what you have in Peyton Turner exactly because he hasn't played a whole lot. It, you like Tano Passanio and you like Carl Granderson, but go get somebody else really early on that could be an anchor for that defensive line after Cam Jordan. Also, a uh, quick reminder, if you want to head to our website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, two great columns up on our site right now, one about Bob Marlin silencing some of his critics, including myself, uh, with, with this trip to the NCAA tournament. And then RP3 wrote one this morning on Will Wade coming to Lake Charles to mixed reviews. Uh, so definitely check those out. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at the game Louisiana mesh and I did our first Miguez versus mesh challenge part two technically uh we, we brought yeah, we the continue Miguez, the series we brought the Miguez versus mesh challenges back so uh stay tuned for that in the coming days but our number one in the books our number two we're going to kick it off talking March Madness with Shelby Mass from Bracket Wag right here on the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros you're clocked out we're locked in you're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Our number two of your hump day edition of Crunch Time right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Broadcasting live from the FCO Development Studios here in Upper Lafayette. FCO Development is a civil construction company specializing in new multifamily construction. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. And our number one, we touched on the Pelicans and how much of a nightmare they've become. We have touched on the NCAA tournament. We brought you some audio from the press conference earlier today between Tennessee and Louisiana. And we also looked at some of the moves the New Orleans Saints have made. In hour number two, James and I are going to fill out our own bracket, giving you the national champion of this NCAA tournament. And we will also preview the Hawaii versus LSU matchup in Baton Rouge on Friday on the women's side of things. But right now, let's talk some bracketology. Shelby Mast from Bracket WAG joins us on the game hotline. Shelby, thank you so much for taking the time, man. How are you? Glad to do it. I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, Doing well, doing well. So when you look at this bracket, you always want to start at the top with the number one seeds, Houston, Alabama, Purdue and Kansas all four of these teams very impressive in their own right but from your perspective you know looking at the analytics looking at the statistics for each player which team's most impressive to you and why uh most impressive to me of the one seeds I think was Kansas 
They had the best overall quad one wins uh, in the nation. They had they blew out. You know, the the next closest to them was like four or five away. Uh, and it really surprised me that Houston ended up in front of them, but they did, and so that's what, that's what we deal with. But I, I think resume-wise, they had the best by far. Now, when, when you look at the field and the way it's lined up right now with 64 teams, technically 68, you, you hear people talk about expansion and you know make the tournament even bigger than it already is. Do, do you think that that's even a possibility? And if so, do you think that that's a good thing? I think it's a bad thing. Uh, I think money will dictate whether it is or not, and the people that make money want to make more. Uh, so I, I think it will eventually happen. What I want is to eliminate the playing games. Let's go back to 64. That's a nice, even number. Uh, you know, you've done something if you have a qualified for the tournament. And don't don't penalize the 16 seeds for winning their tournament and then have to play a play-in game to get into the big one. Let all the 16s play the big one, and let's, let's cut back on the number of our large teams. Now, looking at individual matchups, are are there some matchups in this tournament, especially in this first round that's kicking off tomorrow? that really jump off the page at you, you know, a Missouri-Utah State matchup or Iowa State-Pittsburgh, Miami-Drake even. Uh, what, what are some matchups that really stand out to you? Well, I'm a, I am love upsets. And I, one of the ones I picked the first round is your Louisiana Raging Cajuns against Tennessee. Yeah. I, really, I think they've got a shot because Tennessee kind of struggled down the stretch. Then they lost a key player. So they're man down and struggling. And I think that they're, they're there for the taking. Uh, if Louisiana comes out with their heads on and isn't in awe of where they're playing, you know, they're in the big dance. That's a big stage for them. Uh, I, I think they can, they can get the job done. Now, what, what about a team like Oral Roberts that, that has made runs in the tournament before, most notably just a couple years ago, going to the Sweet 16? Could You look at Duke, obviously they ran right through the ACC tournament and they've been hot of late, but they were very streaky at times during the regular season. Could, could Oral Roberts maybe catch Duke napping in the NCAA tournament? I, I, probably not. I think John Shire has got that team going in the right direction, and they're finally 100% healthy. If you'd asked me three weeks ago, I'd have said no doubt out Oral Roberts. And I like Oral Roberts. I've been rooting for them. But full disclosure, Duke is my favorite team. Uh, I, I, Oral Roberts can beat them, but I don't think they will because the way Duke's playing, and uh, Oral Roberts is playing good too, but they haven't beaten the quality of teams that Duke has. Chatting with Shelby Mass from Bracket WAG here on Crunch Time. Shelby, who's your biggest sleeper in, in this tournament? Any seed, any region, who really stands out the most as being the most likely to make a run? I uh, Well, this is an off the way, way kind of off the mark, but I got Florida Atlantic going to the Elite Eight. I love, I love that, actually. Beat, I think they beat Memphis and then beat Purdue because I think they're the weakest of the one seeds and, and then playing Duke and beating Duke. 
I I would love to see the Owls go all the way to the Elite Eight because I'm I'm with you. I, I love when when you have the big upsets. I remember a couple years ago when UMBC beat Virginia it was the first time a 16 seed upset a one, and it was just absolute. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was. That was that was a phenomenal game. Everybody remembers where they were. My phone was going crazy. Are you watching this? Of course, I'm watching it. And that that was memorable. Who's your Who's in your final four? Final four. I've got Alabama versus Marquette and Texas versus Gonzaga, and Texas winning it all over Alabama. Texas winning it all the same season they fired their coach. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I well, love it. He's kind of SEC's problem now, isn't he? Right. No, you're absolutely right. Hired hired by Ole Miss the other day. Now, Shelby, before I let you run, I'm curious. What what does the WAG stand for? Wild ass gifts. Perfect. I love that. Shelby Mast with bracket WAG joining us here on the game hotline. Shelby, really appreciate your time. Great insight into the NCAA tournament. Love your work. And uh, hopefully we can have you on uh, later in the in the in the tournament. Glad to do it. Thanks for having me. And there you go, Shelby Mast of Bracket W A G. Wild ass guess. I love that. I love that. I'm so glad I asked him what it stood for, because that's incredible. All right, James. Let's make our own bracket. We'll start in the East, and then we'll do the West here to end segment number one. And then when we come back from the first time out of hour number two, we'll do the rest of the bracket. All right. So let's start in the East. Start in the East. Purdue versus the winner of Texas Texas Southern Southern. and Fairleigh Dickinson. I say let's just go Purdue. Yeah, that's fair. Memphis FAU. Give me FAU. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Owls, baby. 31-3 and in the regular season. Super impressive resume. Uh, Duke Oral Roberts. Got to go with those Blue Devils, man. Yeah, that's... Tennessee, Louisiana. You want to do it? You want to do it? Are we picking the Cajuns? You want to do it? We're picking the Cajuns? Picking Louisiana? (laughs) Let's go, baby! Kentucky and Providence. Ooh. I'm saying Providence. Wasn't it Kentucky last year that was the two seed that mm-hmm. lost to the 15 seed in the first round? Mm-hmm. They lost to St. Peter's. Mm. I'm going Providence. I'm going with the Friars. I'm leaning because I can't see Kentucky losing the first round two years So you want to go Kentucky? I want to go Kentucky. Okay, that's fine. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised by that, so I'll, I'll make that pick. That's fine. Kansas State, Montana State. <sighs> that's got to go Kansas State. Yeah. You got to. Now this one's going to be interesting. Michigan and U- Michigan State USC. Ooh. I'm leaning towards the 10 in this one. You're leaning towards USC. I'm, okay. I'm I like the Spartans since I grew up during middle and high school we were the Spartans. So I I, I kind of like Michigan State but Spartans only, Trojans kind of the same thing, right? Same same They're 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 two different warriors but same family of warriors. They're they're, they're cousins. Right, right. Cuz I'm. I want to go Spartans, but I'll go Trojans on this one. Marquette, Vermont. That's. I mean, Marquette, Marquette. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. Let's move over. UCLA, UNC, Asheville. Oh, we're okay. We're going like that. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with UCLA. Northwestern and Boise State. Mm. 
Boise State. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm feeling the Broncos in that mm, one. I do. I am too. Gonzaga, Grand Canyon. Zags. Yeah. <laughs> Grand Canyon's Zags. Grand Canyon's really good, mm-hmm. but it's not Gonzaga. Yeah, no. Um, TCU. Gonzaga always makes it to the Elite Eight. Yeah, always. TCU and then the winner of Arizona State, Nevada. Got to go with the Frogs. Got to go with the Frogs on this one, man. Yeah. I know I know. there's not too, too many upsets or, like, huge upsets. Like, the biggest one we've done so far is Louisiana. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we, we could get there soon. Could get there soon. UConn, Iona. <sighs> could Iona. Now, keep in mind. Could Iona be the one? Iona is coached by Rick Pitino. Mm-hmm. Who has had major success in college basketball? He was a legendary head coach at Louisville. You want to do it? You want to do another 13 seed? I'm going with the Gales. I'm going with Iona. Let's go with Iona. St. Mary's VCU. Mm, St. Mary's. St. Mary's. St. Mary's. Arkansas, Illinois. Ooh. I've seen some people have Arkansas go to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Eric Musselman, hell of a coach. This is the eight nine matchups are so hard to pick because they're so evenly matched. It's it's such a good game. Are you leaning towards Illinois? No, I think I'm thinking I'm going to go. You want to go Razorbacks? I'm going to go Arkansas. Let's go go Razorbacks. Kansas and Howard. Sorry, Howard. Congratulations on making the NCAA tournament, but it's it's the Jayhawks. Yeah, it's the Jayhawks. Rock chalk the Jayhawk. Purdue FAU. You want to do it? FAU. <laughs> you want to do it? FAU. All right. Duke, Louisiana. Uh, Can Bob Marlin upset the Blue Devils and make it to the Sweet 16? This isn't your dream. No. We're, we're going to go with the Blue Devils. Yeah. It, it's just realistic. Uh, Kentucky, Kansas State. That's going to be a good one. This is a tricky one. That's going to be a good one. Uh, I kind of want to pick Kentucky. Okay. Kentucky. You want to go with Kentucky? I'm good with that. USC Marquette. 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 Yeah. Boise State, UCLA. Are we gonna are we gonna do it? Uh, are, are we gonna say Boise State? No. UCLA. I gotta go with the Bruins. UCLA. TCU Gonzaga. The Zags. See okay. You, you okay. Are you feeling the frogs? I think Gonzaga's gonna slip up. You think they you I think, think they slip. You think Zags they're the team this year that slips they up slip. pretty early on? Let's go for it. I, I think they are. I, I'm going to go TCU there. Let's go with the Horn Frogs. St. Mary's Iona. Mm-hmm. This game has Juicy written all over it. Cinderella? <laughs> no. No? St. Mary's. They're not They're not. St. The Mary's is too good. Okay. They're too good. Right. I, I don't know that you're going to have a true Cinderella this year. Maybe. You, th- you, think, you think because there's like no clear cuts other than kind of Houston? Right. There's there's no real Cinderella. It's, it's going to be hard. It's, to have it all feels like true, it's it's kind of meshed together right. in one. Kansas, Arkansas, Jayhawks. Okay, Kansas, St. Mary's. <laughs> Kansas. I love college basketball, man. I just I love college basketball. TCU, UCLA, UCLA. Yeah, Bruins. Yeah, Kentucky, Marquette. Ooh. Oh, this one. I'm going Marquette. I think so too. But I it's don't, very close. Like I, 
better run than what Kentucky did last year, but I think it stops here. Okay, here 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 could be your Cinderella. FAU, FAU and Duke. Do do the Owls upset John Shire? FAU makes it to the Sweet 16. Do they make it to the Elite Eight? Shelby had him going to the Elite Eight. And he's a bracketologist. I'm going to go Duke. Oh, this man said, screw Cinderella. We don't <laughs> want any glass slippers this year. Hey, man, maybe there's a Cinderella in the other half. Kansas-UCLA. Who goes to the Final Four out of that matchup? Went towards UCLA. Okay. I like it. Duke Marquette. Let's go Duke. Ooh. First year head coach goes all the way to the semifinals? Yeah. I'm down with it. Uh, we'll take a timeout here now that half of the bracket is complete. We've got two teams in the final four already. We'll take a timeout when we return. We'll do the top half. We'll do the South and the Midwest and bring you your national champion right here on the game. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Register to join the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com where you could score a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort, a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, $40 to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, or $25 to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But the only way you can score any of those prizes is by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Sign up today. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Hello. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, not wasting any time. Let's go to the South Region, Alabama, and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. James, I'm feeling a little frisky here. Are you actually? No. I didn't think so. Because look. Look. It was nice. You won the Southland, Corpus Christi. Good job. Mad respect to the Islanders. But you're losing. But you're losing. You're losing you're not slowing Bama. down Brandon Miller. Uh, Maryland, West Virginia. Are, are we are we singing country roads after the end of this one? Mm. Let's do it. Bob Huggins going to the second round. I like it. Let's do it. Let's San Diego State and Charleston. Upset. I was I was leaning towards Charleston. I too. love Charleston. They are a solid squad. Virginia Furman. I'm I gotta go Virginia. Creighton NC State. This one's intriguing. It is intriguing. I. I'm looking towards Creighton on yeah. this one. Baylor and the Gauchos of UC Santa Barbara. Oh, Baylor. I, I want to go Santa Barbara so bad, but Baylor. you have to go with the Bears. Missouri, Utah State. Look, I, I initially was looking at upset alert with Utah State, but with Missouri... Being a little passionate. Missouri's gonna be Missouri's gonna be fired up for this one. So uh, I'm, going go with the, I'm going with the Tigers. Arizona Princeton. Arizona. Gotta go with Arizona. All right. Texas Colgate. Texas. Texas. Give me the Longhorns. AM Penn State. Intriguing. Very. But I wanna see a Lone Star showdown. So I'm going AM. I am too. 
Xavier, Kennesaw State. Kennesaw's nice. Xavier. But we're going Xavier. Iowa State, Pitt. I want to go Pitt. Um, I'm thinking I like Pitt. Pitt. I'm thinking Pitt as well. I like Pitt. They're older than uh, Oklahoma City. They're older than the Oklahoma City Thunder. Indiana, Kent State. Look, the flashes, good for them, Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis is all you need to hear. Miami, Drake. Drake. Now, we've seen Drake this year. Mm -hmm. They played Louisiana, beat them by 12. That was early on the season. It was. Drake has been thrown around as a... Look out for them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go the 12 seed here, James. You want to go with the upset? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Drake in this one. Drake, Iowa, Auburn. <sighs> Iowa. Yeah. I'm not even gonna mention. <laughs> just the, it's, just it's go Houston. the Cougar. Just go the Cougars. It's Houston. Just go um. The Cougars. All right, Houston, Iowa. Go Houston. Drake, Indiana. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Indy. All right. I'm going to go with Indy on that one. I'm going to go Drake. You want Drake? I'm going to go Drake. Do you want to you want to you want to do Drake? If, if you want to go Indy, that's you're doing your own. If you want to go Indy, that's fine. I'm going Drake. Uh I I think I think Drake plays Cinderella this year. Pitt, Xavier. Xavier. I'm going to go Pitt. Oh, I'm gonna go Pitt. Okay, I respect it. I'm going Xavier, but mm -hmm. I respect it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I will go Pitt. All right, Lone Star Showdown, A and M in Texas. Texas. Okay, uh, I agree with you. Missouri, Arizona. Hmm. Arizona. Oh, uh. oh yeah, Arizona. Yeah, let's go Arizona. Creighton, Baylor. Baylor. Yeah. Virginia, Charleston. I'm going Virginia. Yeah, I was going to go Virginia. And, and then, then go, Alabama. I'm going to go Bama. All right, so and Alabama, Virginia. Bama. Baylor, Arizona. Two, three seed. I'm going Baylor. You want to go Baylor? I'm going Baylor. I mean, again, you feel I'm gonna free go, to do I'm gonna go, I'm going to go Arizona. Houston, Drake. Look, Drake, it was a lot of fun. You you gave America something to cheer about for a while. I'm going to Houston. And then I'm going to Texas to create another in-state showdown with a trip to the Final Four on the line. Um, Alabama-Baylor. Or, in your case, Alabama-Arizona. I'm going to go Bama. Bama. And then Houston-Texas. I ended up going Houston-Texas as well. Uh, I'm going to go Houston. I'm going to go Texas. You're going Texas? I'm going to go Texas. Alabama and Duke. <laughs> if that is a semifinal matchup, please give me an endless supply of popcorn because that's going to be legendary. Legendary. Give me the tide. Yeah. Brandon Miller is just going to be too much down the stretch. Uh, Texas, UCLA. I'm going to go with the future conference matchup. I'm going to say Texas makes it to the national championship game. And then... For me, I'm going to go Houston. This pains me to do. So you have Alabama-Houston. 
I'm going to have Alabama Houston. Okay. You know what? I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna say this. You convince me. You convince me. Alabama Houston for the national championship. <laughs> you you've convinced me. Who wins? The negotiator. Who lifts the trophy? Who cuts down the nets? Does Houston cut down the nets in Houston? Yes. You have Houston beating Alabama. I'm going to do it. Wow. And look, I'm going to give a score. Oh, this, this man's even doing the tiebreaker. Hold, look out. 69-65. Ooh, okay. Okay. I'm going to go 62-58. Okay. A little less scoring. National championship game. The national championship game usually is. Yeah. It's usually pretty low scoring. Um, The way I see it is Houston, they take a few more free throws at the end of the game to boost up their Mm -hmm. score. 62-58. But I'm going to go Alabama. Mm. I'm going to go Alabama. Brandon Miller MVP? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That dude, that dude's nasty. Nasty. It is freaky how good he is. So, you have Houston winning it all. I have Alabama winning it all. And as the tournament goes on, we're going to see just how right we were. I don't know how close we're going to be. Are you entering for the All-State Tourney Challenge sweepstakes? And I'm I'm certain that this bracket will be ruined. By day one. By the time we come on the air again, which will be Friday. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow is day one of this tournament. It will be ruined by the end of the day tomorrow. It will be. (laughs) It always is. (laughs) If my bracket is still perfect coming into Friday's show, I will be unbearable. Absolutely unbearable. Are you entering for the sweepstakes? No. No? I, I, who has time for that? Nobody, nobody just has watching. time. Nobody just has watching. time for that. You're just watching if you hit or not. Nobody has time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. So, what a great NCAA tournament we've got coming up for you. Uh, airing, all, airing four different games on our airwaves tomorrow, beginning at 11 a.m., so, there will be no Jim Rome show tomorrow. There will be no Jordy Holberg show tomorrow. There will be no crunch time tomorrow. Instead, you will get the madness that is the NCAA tournament. We'll take a time out here and we return. Josh Pacheco, the program director for ESPN Honolulu, joins us to give us a preview of the Rainbow Wahine as they come to Baton Rouge to take on LSU inside the PMAC right here on the game. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This March, protect yourself against upsets with Bracket Parlay Insurance on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, all customers can get $25 back each day if your parlay of three legs or more is just one leg short. I'm going to take Alabama, Houston, and Kansas to all win their first-round matchups. And with a parlay, you can turn a small bet into a slam dunk. And with cash out, you're going to be calling the shots. You can close out your bet whenever you want before the game is over. Just sign into your FanDuel Sportsbook account or go to FanDuel.com slash KLWB to sign up today. That's FanDuel.com slash KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 
You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Bonus issued is nominal drawable bonus bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max bonus bet $25 per day unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.com slash fandle.com slash sportsbook. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time here on a Wednesday. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. Broadcasting live from the EVCO Development Studios here in Upper Lafayette. EVCO Development is a civil construction company specializing in multifamily construction. Kim Mulkey's LSU Lady Tigers. Dominant season, only two losses, one coming at the hands of South Carolina and the other coming in the SEC tournament to Tennessee. They're a three-seat in the dance, hosting Hawaii on Friday with a 4.30 p.m. Central Time tip-off. Josh Pacheco is the program director for ESPN Honolulu. He covers Hawaii women's basketball, and he joins us now on the game hotline. Josh, really appreciate your time, man. I I know the time difference kind of throws people off a little bit, but uh, really appreciate your time. Hey, appreciate you guys as well. Let's go dancing, guys. So talk about that for a second. Hawaii is going dancing with after a crazy 61-59 to win over UC Santa Barbara the other night. Just, you know, what does it mean for this tournament to be back, for this team to be back in the NCAA tournament? I think for this program, there's an expectation to be in the running to get here. Um, you know, Laura Beeman now in her in her 11th season, she's been getting this program there, at least in contention. You know, this is the first time they've won back-to-back uh, conference championships in program history, so she's kind of taking it up a notch. But I think the way they did it makes this feel a little bit more different than uh, than last year. I mean, the way they did it this year with three starters out for the year due to injury, a fourth player, youngster Avery Watkins, out due to injury, and the way that this team kind of had to collect itself and ultimately through all of that finish the year by winning 10 of its last 12 um, is pretty remarkable. Uh, that, I think, is has kind of risen Coach Beeman's profile from just simply one of the, the, the better coaches that I think Hawaii has had to now kind of a reminder to people that with what she worked with this year, this may be one of the best coaching jobs she's ever had uh, to, to get Hawaii to the NCAA tournament and to do it in a 15-point comeback at half uh, on Saturday against the uh, UC Santa Barbara team is pretty remarkable. So it, it means a lot to a program that um, you know maybe didn't think it had the horses, I think, to get here, but was, was still resilient and figured it out and got, and, and got there. Um, that, that tells you about the, uh, the program character, I think maybe the best way to put it. Now, when you see coaches like Laura Beeman in, in her 11th season, like you mentioned, well-respected in, in women's college basketball, second straight appearance in the NCAA tournament, my – when you look at a resume like that, you kind of question, well, you know, what's been different in the last two years compared to her first nine in Honolulu? What what's what's changed? That's a great question. Um, I don't know that anything's really changed. I mean, the conference is tough. Um, 
it is a, it is a one bid league, but it is very hard in this conference to go back to back. I mean, prior to Hawaii doing it, it had been I think five, six, seven years since CSUN uh, uh, had done it last. Kind of like the men's uh, side of the Big West, where it is very, very difficult to repeat. Uh, it is hard to become that year after year dominant team in this conference, and so. Um, I don't know that anything's changed. Um, I, I think there's more respect placed on this program. I mean, given you know Beeman's tenure and, and whether it's going to an NCAA tournament or, or, or getting to an NIT, uh, they've become a, a, a somewhat regular when it comes to tournament appearances. I think I think the expectation is, is if you have to find something, it's the expectation. It's the expectation that you know when she got here, you know, keep the program kind of relevant, you know, locally. You know, see if you can keep some some local players home. Um, you know, someone who was in the Sparks organization, the Los Angeles Sparks organization previously. Now you're you're talking about the expectation that we expect to be talking about postseason basketball one way or another. Um, and for this team, even starting one of uh, one in seven and still getting to postseason basketball, I think that's where those changes and and, and those additions are from from her start is, is what you can expect uh, here on out. You know, looking at the 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 roster for Hawaii, who's really? I know you mentioned missing three starters for the entire season. In that absence, you know who who's been some of the players that have stepped up, and who should LSU fans kind of get familiar with before Friday afternoon? You know, we're going to be talking about post play. I think in in this first round matchup, obviously with LSU, with a good one, uh, but an up and comer for Hawaii is Imani Perez. Uh, who is a freshman who prior to that championship game in the Big West Conference on Saturday had scored double digits in six consecutive games. This was someone who uh, had really kind of flown under the radar. We hadn't heard a lot from and uh, has really kind of come alive here in the last couple of weeks. Coach Beeman told us before the semifinal game last week that, that this is the tip of the iceberg for her. Um, they expect some big things from her. She can you know, step out and shoot the three-pointer. Um, she's a good passer for a post player. Uh, she had a couple of critical assists in the last few minutes of that comeback win on Saturday. Uh, defensively has been uh, fairly solid. Has been one of uh, their uh, most reliable post players here as of late. And, and that's particular, you know, given that Callan Spiller, their grad student uh, post player, has really struggled here in the last week. So we'll talk about Perez, um, one player we'll be talking about for, se- for several years to come. Uh, but the other one is uh, their leading scorer, Lily Wahine Kapu. She was at a rival program, Cal State Fullerton, last year, was the freshman of the year in conference, came home uh, to play not only for her home state, but to play alongside her sister, Jovi Lefotu. Lefotu got hurt on the uh, January 2016 game against UC Santa Barbara, a knee injury that would sideline her for the season. And since then, Wahine Kapu has picked it up. Good passer, takes care of the basketball very well, can shoot from the outside, off the dribble, um, whether it's inside the arc or out. Wahine Kapu is confident with the basketball in her hands. And you look at the last four games, she's averaging about 18, 19 points per game um, going back to the uh, end of the regular season and in the Big West tournament. So she's been filling it up pretty well. And I'll give you one more. It will, it will sound weird, uh, but Deja Phillips, she was the conference championship MVP. She's coming off the bench. She's coming off the bench because she asked to uh, back in January. She asked the coaching staff to come off the bench so she could see, uh, see the game a little bit better. Uh, before coming into the game, and they are, I think, seven games above 500 with her coming off the bench. And she has come up with some big contributions scoring-wise, defensively, 
uh, here in the last month. So uh, three names that you definitely want to pay attention to coming up on Friday. You know, you mentioned Deja Phillips looking at her stat line in the championship game, 19 points, four of six from downtown. I mean, and then you talked about how she requested to come off the bench in order to see the game better. I mean, what a mature move from a from a student athlete to say, you know, I have a better angle not being a starter. And those are the kind of players that, that Laura Beeman brings in, really, you know, selfless players. Uh, you know, the funny thing with Phillips, going back to Saturday, she was in foul trouble in the first quarter. She got a couple of fouls guarding UC Santa Barbara's best player and didn't play the rest of the first quarter. I think the final couple minutes set out the rest of the second quarter. She was done for about 10 minutes of game action or 12 minutes of game action just about. Came back into the third quarter and helped to start chip away. Stayed out of foul trouble in a, in a matchup that got pretty physical she got a little frustrated. She kind of, you know, her teammates helped her kind of keep it together, and she was able to channel that, um, you know, into really good help on the offensive end. It would have been pretty dire if that foul trouble really consumed her in the second half. And I think credit to her for being able to keep herself in the game in in those final few minutes of the third quarter and, and the entirety of that fourth quarter to help, the, you know, uh, allow the team to come back. If not, I don't know that we're talking about the same result that we ended up seeing. Josh Pacheco of ESPN Honolulu joining us here on the game hotline. Looking at the matchup with LSU on Friday afternoon, where do you see Hawaii maybe having some trouble with the Tigers? And then where do you maybe see a spot that Hawaii might ha- may have the advantage over LSU? Ooh, that's a great question. I-, I think, you know, first off, there is a little bit of familiarity. You know, last year Hawaii played Baylor in the first round of the, uh, of the NCAA tournament. So, you know, Kim Mulkey, while she's been at LSU now for a couple of years, uh, she also knows how to scout that Hawaii program fairly well. So I think there's there's one thing that's a disadvantage. I think the other disadvantage that Hawaii has, sometimes teams with good length, I think, can put pressure on Hawaii and force a lot of turnovers. That did happen to Hawaii a couple of times in the, uh, the, the, the conference tournament. Hawaii averages, I think, just about 15 turnovers a game. LSU is a team that it would it would not surprise me if the kind of pressure that they put on forces uh, a number of turnovers. I mean, after all, LSU has you know on average about sixty five more tur- uh, sixty five steals a game more than their opponents. Um, you know, they've got a plus three turnover margin. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if LSU's defense really forces Hawaii to struggle. I think it could force Hawaii into a situation where they're forced to take a lot of outside shots. And if that's the case, it could be a long day for Hawaii. Um, where Hawaii potentially has its advantage, that's tough, um, being a 14 seed. You know, Hawaii has played top opponents all year long. I mentioned earlier, 1-7 start to the year. They've played NCAA tournament teams like Stanford, uh, like Florida Gulf Coast, uh, several times actually with Florida Gulf Coast. They've played teams that are in the NCAA tournament. So the, 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 the moment's not going to phase them playing a team like LSU because they've played really, really good teams already coming into conference play. Um, I think that can be beneficial if, you know, to allow them to get off to a good start to stay in the game. But I do really believe ultimately turnovers could be a big problem. Uh, and a team like LSU with good length can force Hawaii to struggle offensively. Now, one one thing that I find interesting is there is a five-hour time difference between Baton Rouge and Hawaii do you think that the the time difference and and the travel could play a factor here? 
I don't think so. Um, you know, what was kind of beneficial for Hawaii actually was that the games that they played in uh, in Henderson, Nevada, where the conference tournament was, were played right at around the same time as tip-off of this game, albeit maybe like an hour later. But the times were fairly similar. The other thing that I think is advantageous, or maybe not advantageous, but isn't necessarily a, a negative here, is that Hawaii has been on the mainland now for over a week. Um, you know, after the season, after the conference tournament, they stayed in Henderson. Uh, they took a charter on Tuesday out to Baton Rouge. So, you know, they'll be there for a couple of days to, to acclimate to a time difference of what will be, I think, another two hours added on to it. But two hours to make up in, in three days, I think, will be okay. So I don't, I don't think that will make a difference. I think really a lot of it will come down to just how good LSU is. Uh, that could be the difference top to bottom. Josh Pacheco from ESPN Honolulu joining us here on the Game Hotline. Josh, really appreciate your time. Great insight into this Hawaii group. And uh, once again, really appreciate you coming on the show. Enjoy the game, guys. Thank you so much. And there he goes, Josh Pacheco of ESPN Honolulu. We'll take this time out and wrap up this Wednesday edition of Crunch Time right after this. This is Crunch Time on the Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We here at the game know you love our shenanigans both on and off the air, and we want to help you help us. So go subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Game Louisiana. Turn on the bell so you can get notifications when we post our brand new content and game recaps. And once we get to 1,000 subscribers, you can see even more fun of our behind-the-scenes and after-work mischief at The Game Louisiana on YouTube. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. To a hump day edition of Crunch Time right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, just got a couple more minutes left before we turn it over to our main man, Jimmy G, with the McNeese Coaches Show. Look, we, we talked about a lot today. We covered the NCAA tournament. We made our own bracket. Uh, can Louisiana find a way to upset Tennessee and move into the round of 32? I think they can. Uh, it, it Really where it's going to come down to it for me, limiting turnovers and converting at the free throw line. This team has struggled to shoot free throws all season long, and Tennessee's going to be aware of that. Tennessee is going to foul when they're able to. Uh, they're going to put Jordan Brown at the line a lot, and Jordan's going to have to be able to convert at the charity stripe. If they can do that and they can limit Santiago Vescovi from absolutely ripping them apart, I I could see a world where Louisiana moves on to the round of 32. I don't think it. I would be hard-pressed to say that they get further than that, but definitely interested to see how this tournament plays out. Um, looking at some more top stories, Ezekiel Elliott got released today. Should the Saints go sign him? If the price is right, I say yes. He provides the power back in between the tackles that you don't want Alvin Kamara to be doing, and he could be a guy that rushes for 
you know, 500 to 700 yards a year and gets 10 touchdowns. Uh, and, and I think that's exactly what New Orleans is looking for in, in a running back to complement Alvin Kamara. And then some other free agency news. Aaron Rodgers says he will play for that. He wants to play for the Jets in 2023. We'll see if that deal goes through uh, with, with New York. It's going to be very odd to see Aaron in New York, though, because he's always been such a reserved guy and disliked the Green Bay media. Bro, if you dislike the Green Bay media, what do you think New York's going to do to you? Not to mention that, but also kind of going through the same thing that Brett Favre did. I would have thought he would have wanted to kind of have his own path, not follow the same type of path of his mentor. Right. I thought he would have wanted to do his own thing, not go play for the team that Brett Favre did right after he left Green Bay. Very... Very interesting to, to see how that's going to play out. Once again, head to our website, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com for our latest columns and news articles throughout the world of Louisiana sports. want to take this opportunity to thank our guests today, Shelby Mast and Josh Pacheco, for chopping it up, talking the NCAA tournament and the women's tournament for Hawaii versus LSU. James Mesh, appreciate everything you do. I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them. And we will be back on Friday. No show tomorrow due to the NCAA tournament. Four games getting broadcasted on our station right here starting at 11 a.m. So we'll be back on Friday to recap those games. Hopefully we're talking about a Raging Cajuns victory over Tennessee and much more. Uh, four to six right here on the game southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros let's throw it over to mr bill's seafood express in lake charles jimmy g from lc aka jim gazzolo host of the mcneese coaches show he's got will wade on tonight right here on the game